When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, welcome to The Call. It has just ticked over to the afternoon, Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, great to have your company. Uh, for The Call, live from our Barangaroo Studios. Uh, 10 stocks picked by you, I put them to our expert panel. We have got so much to go through. It is a tsunami of updates and uh, we're going to cover a few today. Rudy Philip Van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, how are you surviving reporting season? Barely, and I know what's coming. So. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Mark Gardner from MPC Markets. Mark, how... Uh, give me a word that describes reporting season so far. Is it to expectation? Uh, it largely has been. I think it's pretty similar to the um, to the US. I think we've sort of the analysts have undercooked it a little bit. Um, right. Have been a little bit oh, out. I mean, good. we've been talking about. I suppose we've been talking about recession for so long. It's it's very hard not to try and factor it in. But um, yeah, a few of the a few of the retailers have done a little bit better. Some yeah, yeah but there's been there's definitely been some potholes here and there as well. Yeah, so. Yeah. But generally um, better than expected. I think a few of them have been better than expected. Really? Yeah, yeah I think that's just that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, more resilient than expected. I think is the, is the, the better position. Yeah. And because some companies are actually indicating it's only now starting to happen the, the right. slowing, so we might have to wait until mm-hmm. February. Right. Um, and the other thing that I think is already prevalent now is uh, margin pressure. Yeah. So yep. the margins are. As, a, as important as sales, of course. Right, yeah. And that's where companies have disappointed so far, and we've only seen maybe 40 companies so far or so. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to see 350 by, by the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. But if they have uh, disappointed so far, it's predominantly Bit because of margin. margins, yes. Okay, all right. Um, let's take a look at the stocks we're going to uh, run through this half hour. HealthCo, Healthcare and Wellness, REIT, Pinnacle Investment Management, uh, Centuria Industrial REIT, IPH and Babcorp. Stock of the day, I thought we'd do two. Let's call it the health superstars of the day. CSL and Cochlear have both reported today. Uh, CSL shares on the rise, touching a nine-month high after reporting net profit after tax 2.61 billion US dollars. Uh, Chief Executive says efficiencies have helped mitigate the impact of inflation and currency headwinds. Uh, Dr. McKenzie says efficiencies in plasma collection will support the medium-term recovery of CSL's bearings gross margin. Uh, it's guiding for revenue growth of between 9 and 11%. Cochlear, our other great homegrown healthcare global giant, um, shareholders will see a boost to dividends from Cochlear. Uh, 4% left in full year profit, driven in part by more surgeries taking place in the aftermath of, uh, of COVID. Uh, stripping out currency swings, profit up 7%, uh, pay up $1.75 a share, 21% up on the previous year. And uh, looking ahead, Cochlear says strong conditions expected to continue with solid market growth rates. So, where uh, we talk about our you know, these are two of the three. The other one, ResMed, of course, are homegrown uh, big healthcare stocks. Uh, let's start with CSL. 
Yeah, I really like the I really like the uh, result from those guys. Obviously, the downgrade was uh, you know from a few months ago gave a good buying opportunity in the range there. Yep. So you're getting them at relatively cheap levels at the moment, and I think people really underestimated the um, you know, the, the expansion they did to. Um, their systems and their, uh, you know, their plasma collection fleet over the COVID period um, gave them about an, th- an extra thirty percent capacity, basically, and uh, reduced their costs as well. Yeah. And uh, we're just looking here. This is Cochlear and um, CSL. They tend to track each other, but obviously Cochlear will is the blue line there. Will tend to, to spike up at times. So of the two, I think Cochlear is uh, probably looking a little bit expensive. I might be selling into that right. potentially to buy CSL. I think the analysts have been a little bit caught out with Cochlear. Um, you know, at the bottom there's is the uh, is the PE. So the PE is around about the 65 mark, um, where we've got you know CSLs still around the 40 mark. So mm-hmm. when we had those big expansions between the two of them, that's over two years that chart. So. Right. They do tend to track, but then they will come back. You know, they will come back and sort of. Um, that's a, when that's they... a really good chart to contrast the two, isn't it? Yeah, we do a fair few sort of, uh, you know, like for like spreads sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. you know, with with Co- with Cochlear, obviously, you know, well done. Maybe stick around for the dividend, but I mean, it's not a huge dividend. But at the moment, I think the opportunity, as you can see there, with the orange line, is probably CSL, um, and uh, and I think forward growth as well with CSL is is a lot higher. I think it's more like the sort of right. sixteen to eighteen percent mark, where we're, I think it's, it's between the seven to twelve percent for um, you know for Cochlear. Right. So right. they you know CSL is more probably justifying a higher pi, uh, higher PE, whereas Cochlear maybe not. So um, mm. but the analysts were really dour on Cochlear. I think the analyst yeah. consensus was ten percent lower, but prior to this, and um, you know you just don't bet against a, a quality company. I think so. I think that that seven or eight. They, they were all shocked by the downgrade, and mm. everyone going oh. They traditionally overpromise, uh, overdeliver rather, yeah. and underpromise. Well, they got back to well, that. Um, that range has been pretty, pretty reliable. I mean, yes. I, I didn't really want to sell around the three hundred eight mark prior to that dividend, but I sort of stuck to my stuck to the plan, and it's we we get another opportunity to buy back in. But I was pretty nervous given the downgrade. It's yeah. just very irregular for them to have yeah, a downgrade. Yeah. So, um, but you know, they're uh, they've overdelivered, I suppose. Yeah. Again, but yeah, um, yeah. Okay. hopefully, see a rally and a few broker upgrades. Maybe I think the price target's three twenty eight. I think consensus right. for because uh, it got to three eleven. Yeah, and everyone's going. Everyone oh, so it's bullish. building a new floor because it's been traded in a range. So. It's got to take off from mm. 311, then the flame and downgrade comes in. <laughs> then it gets down to 260. Yeah. Again, back in the bottom of the range. So, uh, I'd, yeah, I, I, I dare say, uh, going into looking at the numbers today, I probably won't be selling again, or at, at worst, or worst case scenario, I'd be trimming maybe at 310, but right. I think I'll probably carry them from this point onwards. Right. So I think okay. they've got uh, good forward, uh, mm. forward growth. Okay. Really? Well, I'm definitely carrying them, there's no mm. question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a few things. Um, I actually thought, I mean, I think today at the result, I think you see that there's definitely some pressures happening at, at CSL, and obviously we've seen that over the past over the past few months. Um, I mean, normally they they overdeliver. They didn't overdeliver today, but I think the share price response shows you that market was just positioned for worse, basically. Mm, yes. Taking into account that they, I mean, some people have this attitude like a profit warning never is on its own. It right. was yeah, yeah, three yeah. times sure. three times bad bad messages. Yeah, yeah. And that obviously hasn't you happened. You never buy I mean. into a downgrade cycle. Well, yeah. In CSL's case, you make an exception. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, um, Which I, you did say at the time. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean. Um, 
I, I do think people people always misinterpret CSL. They always they became worried after the profit warning because the, the marginal recovery wasn't as fast as as normal expected. Yeah. But you can you can reverse that yeah? because you see at, at their um, their guidance. Well, the revenue let's let's pick the midpoint. The revenue is forecast to increase by ten percent, but they expect the, their earnings per share to to increase by at least thirteen, if not seventeen percent. So yeah. that, of course, is them indicating we will increase our margins. Yeah, yeah? that's yeah. the confidence that comes. So they will they will grow quicker than than, than their top line, which is normally what you like in companies. Okay? Yeah. Um, with with cochlear, the cochlear is is really really a a very um, difficult animal to uh, to pin down. Um, I mean, um, they have been on my radar in my research for 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 years and years. They continue trading at a very high premium to the rest of the sector to yeah. to what analysts think they should well, be trading at. Mark's chart there, it's way higher than and you know what? It's almost double CSL. Uh, and they, and they well yeah that that's. I'm not going to comment on the chart. That's not quite accurate, but yes, they have they have diverged. And it's because one of, one of them has issued a profit one, the other one hasn't. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing I could I picked up though is that Cochlear has now increased its dividend payout to seventy percent. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing because that might indicate that they um, are investing less in future growth, essentially. So I'll have to, I'll have to I'll have to have a look into that myself. Because the likes of ResMed and CSL, they usually pay out half, right. 50%. Right. Very nice, the rest, the rest leaves you. Um, having said so, one thing I also picked up is that CSL is now only investing 800 million. That is well below a billion. So that again tells you there was some pressure in that business. Right. Um, but I think ultimately, I mean, it's double digit returns, double digit forecasts. How, how unhappy can you be with that? No, yeah, yeah. And what it's up nine bucks today. It's two seventy, still well below that absolutely three hundred, three eleven. So absolutely. The only <coughs> problem is like it's the biggest waiting in my little super fund. So you ah, go, oh, yes. buying opportunity. Oh, you no, really it. overweight it. You yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, yes. And, and around these levels are a bit below. Uh, so would you be? Uh, if the weighting's right, if you're underweight CSL, would oh, you yeah, be yeah, buy at yeah. least? I, I, I think CSL is typically that, that that company that you you just make that a, a, a reasonable, if not a large portion in your portfolio, yeah. because that's one of the ones you can put in the bottom drawer. Yes, particularly when you start at these levels, yeah. and just have a three to five year view. You know what yeah. I mean? Their yeah. pipeline still has a lot of products that will come yeah. out. You know what I mean? So Co- with cochlear, cochlear, would you sell cochlear? Now, cochlear, I would actually wait until it actually pulls down at some point. Right. Because again, it's always at a premium. You just have to decide like when is the premium slim enough to give you a little bit more of a margin of safety, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But it will always trade at the premium, so you have to take into account it will always look expensive. Right? But if you're in it, would you stay in it? Oh, yeah, then I would, because then I am used to the premium. Right. And and then I would just because there's nothing as as today again. In this result, there's nothing that will prevent them from keep on growing. Yeah. yeah. Not at this point in time. So yeah. there's no reason to doubt anything else than the valuation. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, a hold and a buy for you, and a sell from cochlear, cochlear and a buy. Switching the sell. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into the stocks that you want us to uh, run our eye over, Andy. Um, wants a view on health co healthcare and wellness rate. 
Got a few reads today. Uh, and he says, I'd love to hear Rudy's views. Why? Uh, no, no, just joking. <laughs> uh, I know Rudy et al, like Goodman, which uh, Mark's been a big Goodman fan as well. But does this look good value and be a potential all-weather stock? Rudy? Well, it's not... It, it, put it, the focus it, on you, it, the pressure. It will never be an all-weather stock, but it is. it, <laughs> it can be a good buy. Right. But we all have to, because we, we, we've talked about this earlier. I mean, for value seekers and for yield seekers, uh, at face value, you would think that uh, the, the REITs in Australia look extremely good value. Right. I mean, you have yields of 30 you have yields of seven, eight percent. You have discounts sometimes. I mean, I had a look at um, Unibail Rodamco Westfield yesterday. Yeah. Their discount is something like eighty-five percent. Oh my god! No, I know. Like wow. Previously, the stock in that sector in Australia, now nobody wants to own it. Yeah? Yeah. It's absolutely Nigel Nomades. Uh, wow. People don't want to go there. <laughs> if, you look at, if you look at the price chart, it's absolutely abominable. Um, so that sector in, in itself is, is, is in general terms, with exception potentially of, of a Goodman Group. Yep. I mean, the better amongst, in, in the better in the, the best one in the pack. So the rest is all on the discount, and now you have to start weeding through the, the rummage, basically, and decide which one is higher risk and which one is lower risk. Um, I personally, in my portfolio, I have the, the sister read of, of this one. I have the Home Code Daily Needs read. All right. Uh, the, the, the closely related. I mean, um, I think that's that's a lower risk. It does have higher higher debt, but I think that's a lower risk, more defensive. Um, option, but they're pretty similar in price here and pretty yeah. similar in, 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 in yield what they offer. The reason why I prefer that one over this one is this one it basically has a, has a bag of money, less debt but a bag of money and they are looking to invest and to, uh, to purchase more, more properties in, the, in that specific healthcare sector. Uh, um, healthcare, believe it or not, it's not just a share market thing, it's also outside the share market. Healthcare has actually gone through quite a tough period over the past two years. Mm. We've, we've, we've had healthcare companies going bankrupt and, yeah. and, and, and going into administration, which then also has an effect on the landlords yep. of those businesses. So yeah. that's why this one is, has, has proven to be a little bit less defensive than it looks at face value. Mm. But I think, given, given the reputation of the management team behind this group of companies, I think this is by no means a bad company or anything. I mean, right. You just have to be cognizant of the fact that the discounts might stay for much longer. Right. Bond deals may not have peaked yet. Market is not comfortable with bond deals. But in the meantime, I think that the yield is something like 7%. I mean, so would you get into it? Yes. You would? You, yeah. It'd be a buy yeah. for you. Okay. And, but you have to be patient. But you prefer is, daily is, needs though? I prefer daily needs. Right. Huh? Yeah, I don't mind this one. I think the yields ran at, yeah, I think 6% or thereabouts. Um, they had uh, Genesis Care, which was one of their bigger, um, one of their biggest tenants went bankrupt, which is about 6%, which is more uh, Rudy's yeah. point. Um, so yeah, there, there, there is a little bit of, um, obviously, but I suppose you, you haven't necessarily needed to uh, run cash flow sheets and budgets and things in the healthcare sector because no. you, you would ne you'd never think you were going to get shut down. And then obviously this happened and it, uh, but obviously we've had per, uh, private equity sniffing around with Ramsey and things like that. So, um, 
I think there's value there overall. They're, um, yeah, their private hospitals is about 53%, and then primary and specialty care is about 17%. Some government contracts in there as well, some universities and things. So they're all really good, high quality tenants. Um, but yeah, it, I would, I'm a little bit worried about that, um, that bankruptcy in the States, the Genesis Care, um, and look, they plan to split it into two parts. They may restructure, who knows, but I'd probably, before I started buying, you know, I'd probably yeah. want to be just seeing how that plays out and see right. if there's any more, uh, any more from that as well. But um, yeah, the price to assets is it's trading at about a 33% discount. So yep. it's definitely in the range of, mm. of cheap, but um, you know, if they start, obviously we've got this um, you know, country garden thing going on. It, you know, all of a sudden people will get negative on, uh, on property for a period of time. You may get them a little bit cheaper, but uh, it's definitely, definitely a hold. Um, mm, right. Edging towards, you know, maybe just some dollar averaging over a period of time, uh, because I think it'll do quite well. There'll be, there'll be really um, solid tenants going forward, particularly in that in those private hospital areas, um, yeah. because you know you you can't just get up, you pull stumps and leave and go somewhere else. Yeah. They're, they're very specialist buildings. So at okay. some point, that discount will will, will resolve itself. Yeah, and, and that and that's easily 20 percent on top. Yeah, right. exactly. But at this point in time, you, you will have to be patient okay, for that. Wait for that. Mm. All right, next uh, stop, Mark. Mark, a different Mark. Uh, wants a view on Pinnacle Investment Management, the uh, uh, sort of a f- investment management group that invests in other fund managers, doesn't it? Yeah, and they've uh, 15 affiliates or yep. something. Um, they've got about 92 odd billion under management. Um, and that's growing really well at the moment. They've had a lot of success growing offshore, about 10 and a half billion of that, um, 43 countries outside of Australia. So really sort of expanding their reach. Um, and look, you know, the only thing we could really find um, with this one was the cost of debt facilities um, was slightly, um, had a bit of a rise, slight rise. Um, and the domestic retail market's a little bit challenging, but. It uh, fund managers at the moment. It's just you know it is a bit of a popularity contest, and redemptions can come out of nowhere. Um, so it's not really a space where where I'm you know concerned about the back half of the year and um, you know where you can you can get a waterfall or a drip becomes a right. waterfall in terms of redemptions. So, but these guys at least they've diversified out. They're in different countries. They're you know they've got yep. uh, multiple affiliates, etc. And their their performance is pretty good. So, um, they're a hold from from us. But, um, but yeah, I. I I don't really like, you know, if there's any sort of potential for a bear, you know, any sort of bear market or, you know, market pullback or recession coming up, um, redemptions are what really hits these sorts of companies. Mm. And you just don't think you need to be there just at the moment. I don't think Mm. it's particularly cheap. A bit of an M&A actually, isn't it? In the area, so is it Pacific Current, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a similar sort of model. Well, we, 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 we earlier had uh, well, Pendulous uh, yeah. is being bought, yeah. and, and and obviously there has always been inter- there was interest for Magellan. You can you can bet your bottom dollar for that one. I think this one is a bit of, a, of, a, of an exception. It, it it has such the affiliates are so widely spread. Yeah. It goes right. from from typical um, growth investments to to dividend strategies to quant. And everything in between, yeah. Um, and they've, they've they've been doing quite well. I I agree with Mark. I, w- I wouldn't chase them, although my understanding is they've they've been spending quite some. Because what they do basically, they don't just invest in in anyone who comes along with a great idea. 
they also basically develop, they do the back office and mm. they develop the model. So they, right. they market you and they make sure that, I mean, the business yeah, model will work. economies of scale and yes. down your costs. That's, so. it's right. almost a privilege if they pick you up. Yeah. Mm. Um, and obviously they do it because it, it generates yeah. fees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not, not the for profit. Of their heart. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so um, I do think they're, they're an exception, that they're, they're performing better. And I think the, 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 the chances for outflows are, are lesser than, than for the likes of uh, most, most listed ones. Um, but I do think it's a hold here. And I would, I would, if you're interested in that, they also pay a dividend, by the way, as well. Um, so I would basically buy them on weakness. And, and this is probably one of them, one of the exceptions in the sector. Although I personally don't like having fund managers or asset managers, right. because you're doubling up on the market, basically. Mm, right. Um, I mean, yeah. but, and then also like, I mean, uh, but anyway, if, if, if this is the type of, of uh, I would buy them on weakness yeah, one and, of the and, 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 you, and you can keep them for, for a longer term. Okay, mm. one of the better ones. All right, uh, our next stock going back to REITs. As I said, we've got a few today. John wants to view Rudy on the Centuria Industrial REIT. Now, because yeah. it's got industrial there, yeah, is that's, it that's, the exception that's to, the, the secret. to that's, every that's, rule? That's the secret because um, we've, we've, about, we've seen about 10 uh, REITs reporting already this season, so they're, so they're very much uh, weighted to the, to the beginning of the season. Yeah. And this already is one of the, one of the, one of the eye catchers already. Uh, and, the, and the secret is they have, they're in the industrial space. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why Goodman Group is performing that well as well. Yeah. Um, they don't do shopping malls, um, they don't do um, healthcare. Unless it's 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 on a contract yeah, from someone no commercial else. commercial there. And it's exactly so. It's it's all about uh, industrial space, basically other businesses, manufacturers, etc. And that part of the of the of the property sector is is proving quite resilient, and 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 quite excellent. Also less less threats of asset devaluations, which is one of the elements that is now coming coming to the fore in this reporting season. Most REITs are, that are reporting are devaluing assets, at least part of their asset base. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why we have these discounts. Yep. The market is basically waiting. How much, how much, how low can they go? Yeah? Are they so, getting it right? Is the discount reflecting the revaluation? No, the devaluations so far are less, but the market is saying, yeah, but this is not the end of it. All right. So there is more coming. So right. that's why the okay. discounts will remain for a while. Yep. And the heaviest hits will be office. And, and 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 some of the some of the, uh, the, the the residential space or the the, uh, the shopping malls. Right. Okay. So what would you be doing here? I would buy these ones. You would buy it. Yes. At these mm-hmm. levels. Yes. Uh, as against Goodman. Oh, I mean, you can't take away Goodman. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, Goodman, just... uh, Goodman has a few, few, few. Goodman definitely has a few advantages. It, it is much, much larger. Yeah. And when it comes to uh, a solid, reliable, sustainable growth path, that is a big advantage. Right. Uh, Goodman, don't forget, Goodman is a is a blue chip in Australia. Yeah. These guys are hardly in the ASX 200, so right. mm, you get okay. you get a you get a big size difference. And yeah. from that perspective, legacy and and size would prefer Goodman. Yeah, uh, I mean, Goodman and these guys are both high quality. I mean, yeah, this yeah. one's probably more safety rather than growth. Yeah. Um, if you if you think there's going to be growth in in this sector, Goodman's probably your best bet. Because um, they do a bit running, more development, don't they? They Goodman do do a, a fair guys, bit more yeah. development than these guys. Um, but it is a pure play, REIT. And um, so uh, industrial, basically, we have the lowest... Um, 
industrial vacancy rates of any country in the world, one percent. So um, I think uh, I think the average global is nearly three percent. So um, so it's and we we really do need to build more of it. Basically, yeah. um, they and there's um, there's been talk for many years that they may start putting you know because they're premium premium spots next to the freeways and things like that for the distribution centers um near the motorways etc uh putting second levels on but uh, they haven't got the engineering right but they've both got both goodmans and these guys have got great you know customers like amazon yeah. um i think arnott's biscuits uh, uh arnott's group's got a, like a, tw- a 30 year lease mm. or something with these guys as well right. so a lot of it is um a lot of it's indexed to inflation, and um, and they've mm. got a they've got a data. I think the Telstra data center in Clayton was the other one that was mm. um, was about a twenty seven year lease as well. Right. So these guys are probably I'd be very much, I'd be happy to buy these. Um, and you can tell the price to assets is you know it's only a twenty three percent discount, so it reflects that um, you know it, it reflects the risk. So um, I I would definitely have a bit of a nibble of these. Right. Um, but look, Goodman or you know if you if, these, these if we get through. If we get back, if we get through, and we and we're going to get a soft landing, you probably want to be. I think you'll get a better mm. result out of Goodman. But if you're still a little bit worried about things, safety, it's a higher yield as well. So, um, and it's roughly around about what the, the mm. you know they yield roughly around what the Moody's credit rating okay. um, gives them. So they're yeah, it's about par. All right. Okay. Uh, Mark Frank wants a view on IPH Group, the big uh, intellectual property services group. Um, Twenty five countries. Uh, if you file a painter or whatever, mm. these are the guys you do it with. Yeah, talking about margins, I think these guys have got extraordinary margins. Um, very low customer churn, and yeah. um, there's like a cyber incident uh, back in April, uh, which really smacked the share price down from uh, well, it was about eight dollars fifty down to about seven dollars. So we're back around about seven dollar eighty mark or seven yeah. seventy mark there. Um, they bought a uh, smart and bigger in Canada to expand over there as well. They're um, but they're number one in Canada, Australia, US, Singapore. Mm. Um, Asia's going quite well from them. So and you would think as well, protecting your intellectual property is more of a need than a want. So yeah. you're not, you know, I, I would say this is relatively I'm not immune to to the cycle, but it's I think it's going to do. It'll weather the cycle fairly well. Um, they seem to have resolved that cyber security issue. So I, I think this one's probably not a bad one to buy. It yields about 4% as well. Into, into earnings, um, I think they'll be, uh, you know, I think they should do quite well. Um, it's not something that we watch extraordinarily closely, but um, it's had a 52 week high around the, you know, around the $10.40 mark. The analysts mm. have got a consensus at 10.75. So oh, wow. there's, a, there's a lot of upside up there and their revenue and net, um, their profit margins compressed a little bit, but their um, oh. revenue and net profits okay. have been going in the right direction. I think they're bit of a buy. Pretty, pretty good buy. All right. Rudy, would you back a bunch of lawyers? <laughs> yeah. I usually know how to make money. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. lawyers. So. Yeah, but in this case, it's, in this case, it's, they don't chase ambulances. They, uh, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they do patents. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a bit on the on the on the fence here with this one. Um, if you look at its history, and it has probably been more on my radar than than on Marx. It's it actually grows through acquisitions. If it doesn't acquire, you'll find that growth right. growth becomes really really small. So while the, while the, the the client base might be might be quite loyal, um, 
it's, it's probably also not that not that easy to get a lot of growth out of that, that right. price because if if they have their patents and they don't have any new ones, well, that's it then. Right? Yeah. Like you probably get a little bit of a fee out of them, but that's it. So that so far since listing, that they've done quite a number of of, of of acquisitions, and that's I mean there's no reason to doubt why they why they won't continue doing that, but. I'm always a little bit on, on, on two minds when, when the main driver of, of growth is acquisitions, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having said so, they are a, a relatively reliable dividend payer. So if anyone um, in, in their portfolio is looking for, for, an, for an additional income stock that's not necessarily a bank or an insurer or, or an iron ore miner, this could actually be one of those silent, non-exciting, but gradual improving stock that you just have in your portfolio and you just collect the dividends. Yeah. And at times, by the next acquisition, the share price mm-hmm. probably goes up again. Okay. Um, but I don't think we should expect many spectacular things of them. Um, so I think it's a hold along, along okay. the short of it. All right. Um, are you expecting spectacular things from Badcorp? That's what Robert wants to know. They're no. one of our largest no. uh, car spare parts mm. accessories business throughout Australia and New Zealand. Autobahn, yeah. a whole bunch of yeah. big brand names. Yeah, I could I could sing the praises of, of Badcorp for the next half an hour. Um, but to jump that part, and then electrical vehicles came along. Right. Um, and that's the problem. Um, this is probably one of the most solid, reliable uh, business models we have on the stock exchange. Yep. Two problems. One, it's, it's a relatively small business in the bigger scheme of things. The major problem is electric vehicles. Um, these guys are, for obvious reasons, uh, servicing trucks and, and, and your ice cars. cars. Yep. Electric vehicles uh, probably don't need much of Babcor. And for that reason, um, the share market is now, in my view, putting a constant and permanent uh, discount on the share price. Oh. If you look at the share price, it hasn't moved in five years. Yep. Mm-hmm. And electric vehicles, in my view, are the reason. So again, if you're happy to collect something like 3.5% yield, share price goes up a little bit, goes down a little bit, it's in a range. Yeah. Um, by all means, go your hardest, but unless they have figured out okay. A solution, so not, a solution to uh, to electric vehicles. Um, not for you. Not for me. Okay. Um, I was at a function the other day, and a bloke said to me, "I've just bought a whole um, range of tyre centres, mm. a whole uh, string of them." And I went, "Why do you buy tyre centres? Because EVs are so much heavier than traditional cars. I'll go through their tyres like nobody's business." I thought. Oh, okay, that's electrical thinking. And also, that's one part that electric vehicles still need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> need a tyre, and then I'm thinking, what's a listed national tyre yeah, um, yeah. or whatever? Yeah, they do, um, yes. But it made me start thinking about it, so I thought, are they really that much heavier than normal cars? And they are. They're a lot heavier. The, the, the battery is very heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, but the thing about it is, is Tesla will, if you get a flat tyre, Tesla delivers you a, a wheel with the tyre on it and it gets charged to your account. So you don't go to your Bob Jane. Or you oh, really? To, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but so, Tesla, uh, Tesla might be the exception. Huh? Yeah. But I mean, look, I, I really went into the EV part and just broke it down into, at the moment, if you're on a 60 odd thousand dollar electric vehicle, 
um, you're saving about $27,000 over five years. Um, wow. But basically, uh, the servicing costs is about $400 a year cheaper, fuel savings, obviously. Uh, there's a rebate in New South Wales, yeah. 3,000, yeah. fringe benefits, tax exemptions, etc. So CSIRO's got numbers on maybe around about the 7% mark of uh, EV you know, adoption by 2030. With yeah. these sorts of savings, you're basically saving nearly 45% yeah. on a car at the moment. With and also sales. electric cars are coming down in price. Like, mm. well, like you've, got, yeah. you've got the MGs coming out with... Um, yeah, an EV under forty grand or something. Yeah, and I and look, I, my family, my parents have got a farm up uh, about five hundred and fifty odd k's north, and um, so I got a test. Just range anxiety was the normal thing, so I rented a Tesla for the weekend, and look, free you know free charging stations the whole way up. Mm. Oh. It's just maybe twenty minutes on a on a six hour trip. It's right. not a really wasn't a big deal, and, and it oh, certainly brought us into. Um, yeah, and didn't have the fuel cost basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so pretty much for renting a brand new car, it cost me the same as what it would have to drive up my normal car. So, um, you know, this is not going to have an immediate effect on Babcor. I wouldn't have thought, but the, you know, there's it's something like um, 17 moving parts compared to 200 moving parts, and 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 realistically, the a lot of the servicing is done by the dealer right. um, or the EV maker. As you say, and it's not going to happen quickly. But, no, but it's... But market sentiment, if it builds it in... And, if, or, and yeah. with those rebates coming in, that, that uh, yeah, if it happens okay. faster, then... So I agree with Rudy in terms of it'll probably have a perennial discount from here on in. Yeah. Um, so, but it is a high quality company and I don't, if they can work out a way to push their push themselves into servicing those cars or having parts for those cars, because retail for, you know, uh, for car parts realistically is not much of their business. No. So okay. it's, it's 80% wholesale. So right. it's, it's and a lot of the fringe benefit tax, um, you know, will be businesses and things. Yeah. So. so not for you? No, not at the okay. moment, no. Not, right. not yielding anywhere near high enough. Okay, let's recap the uh, the five stocks plus our two stocks of the day, uh, uh, Cochlear and CSL after they reported this morning. Uh, from uh, With Cochlear, it's a hold from Rudy, a sell from Mark, uh, CSL a buy from both. Uh, Health Co, a buy from Rudy, but he prefers their, their sister REIT, uh, the Daily Needs um, REIT and uh, for Mark, it is a whole pinnacle, a whole from both. Uh, Centuria Industrial Rate, a buy from both. IPH, a whole from Rudy, a buy from Mark, and Babcorp, uh, a no from both of them. Here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by the Investment Committee. Uh, the latest Investment Committee meeting is on the platform, osbiz.com. That was going into August, where the uh, index was replaced by AUB. And then the committee spent some cash, um, adding 1% to SEEK. After SEEK's update today, that may not have been a good idea. Uh, Altium and ProMedicus. And uh, so far, the return is 7% on the fund. Um, this half hour, we're going to be looking at PEXA. Then we've got a, a trio of mining stocks, uh, Perseus, Chalice and DeGray. And we finish off with another property group in a growth point. Uh, Rudy, Andrew wants a view on PEXA. This is uh, basically the conveyancing platform for real estate settlements. Um, what were they spun out of? Um, Link. Uh, Link administration, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. 
that was the jewel in the crown from Link. Yeah, uh, it says you everything about Link you need to know now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then if you look at the share price uh, of Pexa afterwards, uh, spun off. That's not. That's far from fantastic uh, right. as well. Um, two things. Obviously, um, the market is worried about the the local housing market. Yep. Um, and even though that has proven more resilient, uh, the market is still not taking a positive view. The other thing is, is that um, in search of growth, uh, PEXA has moved into the UK. And um, most, most Australian companies that go to the UK, it always looks more uh, easier than said than done. Yep. Uh, a lot of them come back with a tail between their legs. Uh, Macmillan Shakespeare, for example, is back. Um, uh, City Chic is, uh, is selling their UK business. Etc. Etc. Uh, it's it's going to require a lot of investments and and with, with very little returns in the, in the short term. Yeah. The market is clearly taking that as a negative. Um, yeah. A lot of people got very excited when this when they spun off this company mm. because of the the market position they have on the east coast of Australia, basically. Yeah. And um, but uh, no, it has been disappointment. Um, <sighs> I, I can't get excited about it, uh, also because um, it's supposedly a quality company. Um, it's it's it, it, it lets shareholders wait for a long while. Um, I don't think there's a hurry to get in here. Just wait. Just give them time to sort out their business. Um, I, I don't know from memory if they actually pay a decent dividend. Probably not because they have to make such investments. Yeah. Um, so I. Can't get excited. Basically, right. there's there's in, in a market that has plenty of other opportunities. Yeah, uh, there are better opportunities around. As you say, it was floated off the great fanfare. Yeah, wasn't yeah. it? That this was yeah going to be another REA type the, the scenario. One, the, the one that has actually been proven the smartest again is previous shareholder Macquarie, who sold their stake to Link. Right. And didn't wait for the IPO. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mark, what do you think of Pixar? Yeah, look, it's a bet on the UK expansion, basically, because right. they've got such a dominant position in Australia. Um, it's, it's a borderline monopoly for refinancing. It, I think it's ninety nine percent, and it's, it's you know total transactions in housing is down twelve percent this year. So that's you know that's essentially extraordinarily tied to that as well. Um, you know, if they can pull it off in the UK, then fantastic. But it's not paying a dividend at the moment. Um, so, so I I would leave this alone for now because yeah. if they don't execute, then you know there's not you know no. you can't go much further than yeah. a borderline monopoly yeah. here in Australia. Yeah. Then they you know they're, they're just about perfectly priced. So yeah. um, you know because they really can't expand from from that point. Uh, particularly in that refinancing, they've got you know yeah. they could capture what the extra one percent of, uh, yeah. of the market. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this is just a it's the bet on the UK. I think they've spent about twenty three odd million, and um, so far, the current revenue is one point eight for this year. It's only um, expecting twenty mil revenue, sorry, in, t- in total, but the operating costs are like mm. over twelve. Right. So okay. yeah. it's a it's a long way off yet. So I think you can afford to wait on this okay. one as well. If you also consider, I just came to mind, West Farmers completely failed in the UK as well, right? Mm. Cash converters completely oh. completely failed in the UK. Right, right, right. So it's it's not like 
pe people always think like, oh, they move to a new market, extra growth. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> there's still a risk that they just have to pull yeah. back, basically. And you've got to work out what that market is and whether there's a need for it. Because they have experience here and the UK yeah. is new. And, yeah. and for the UK, they are new. Yeah. Mean, the UK market, it doesn't have an operation like them, which right. makes it attractive. Yeah. But also, story. There is risk. Yep. Right? Yeah. Success is not guaranteed. Okay. All right, let's take a, we get into the mining stocks now. We've got a bit of a uh, string of them here. Uh, the first one, Rick wants a view, Mark, on Perseus Mining, the uh, uh, gold mineral explorer in, um, in Ghana and um, West Africa. Yeah, Ivory Coast, Sudan and Ghana. Um, so yeah, this on the face of it looks you know, quite, quite good. Margins are very high. Um, Etc. Until you look at the um, political stability indexes for the yeah. for the countries. So, um, yeah, Sudan, which is their biggest, uh, which is in a safer area of Sudan, but the global stability index goes from minus two and a half to plus two and a half, and Sudan's minus one point nine. Right. So, not particularly stable. Um, if you're willing to take the risk, this looks relatively cheap. Um, I don't think you. I think you probably want to be sticking with something. From a portfolio point of view, you probably want to be sticking with something, you know, a little bit bigger and more stable. Um, yep. If you're a gold bug, um, at the moment I prefer um, silver and anyway. But um, I think that store of value trade will work as as rates as rates top out. But I think right. silver's probably got a lot of catch up to make, and they're involved in the solar. Um, you know, right. the rollout the rollout of renewable solar is by far and away. Because silver is traditionally what portion of usually the gold price that it always reverts back to, and yeah, the, the and gold, it's really lagged that. Yeah, it? the gold silver ratio is at 0.7, which is really low, yeah. and then and silver will when the when you know, gold will go first. Yeah. And then silver plays a lot of catch up, right. um, so that, and that's where I'm not. I'm not much of a gold bug, but yeah, the, you just you just be mindful of the risk you're taking, obviously, with the political yeah. stability, because it's one of those ones where you can look at it and go, "Oh, what a great margin," and yeah. um, mm. and then realise that you know it gets nationalised the next day or taken over by someone or yeah. or shut down for three months because you know, there's a gunfight Some going dispute. on. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And, and also, we've got so many. Global standard gold miners here, Rudy. Well, Newcrest we? is obviously a, a very good choice, although we, we will see it in, in, in American form on the, on the stock exchange yeah. soon. But yes, uh, the geopolitical risk is, is the all overriding risk here. I mean, yeah. Perseus is one of those mid tier players we have, and, yeah. it's, and when, when the risk doesn't count, right? People are very happy to, to mm. own the shares and to bid it up and etc. And as always in the share market, it doesn't count until it does. Yeah. Right. And um, Africa. I mean, if you have some experience and knowledge about Africa, the mining sector is, is full with stories of, of of guys who have to take plane at the last minute with a suitcase filled with bills. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, we've we've seen some examples in Indonesia and and uh, Angola and and elsewhere. Oh, New Guinea. Uh, or New <laughs> Guinea. Spot. Exactly. It, it's 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 Queensland with the yeah. new tax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put Queensland in there. No, yeah. it was a joke. I mean, I mean, I personally, I I, I own gold, but not gold miners, which makes my oh. holding less exciting, but I don't have specific company risk. Oh. I purely have gold as a play on, on bond yields and, and, and oh. geopolitical... So uh, you can do it through an ETF, do you? Yes, yeah. and it's very simple. It just sits there. It doesn't, doesn't pay anything, but also it doesn't risk that, that production volume disappoint or that someone right. takes over the mine, etc., etc. And 
And silver is a bit like the gold mines itself. I mean, in the good times it outperforms, in the not so good times it underperforms. And, right. and the same as really, we, we hold the physical silver mm. ETF. Mm. Just yeah. we don't want to take the mine risk and the lack of options in you know silver miners in Australia anyway. So yeah. uh, there's now zero, isn't there? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Well, there's, there's, there's one or two explorers, I think, but yeah. no, no producers. Right. Un unless you have South 32, which has a little yeah, tiny, tiny little bit. Yeah. yeah. But so you don't hold gold miners at all, listed gold miners? No, either. no. I, I don't. It's it's not really. It's a store of value trade, and at the moment, the silver part of it looks cheaper, and it's got more industrial use. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I like it as a hedge against the fact that we've printed money for t nearly 20 years straight. Um, there'll be a contraction of money supply, but we, as we peak in rates, is usually when gold and silver do quite well, those store of values. Um, but yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, it's not not necessarily for me. Okay. I don't. There's only 12% gold. Um, industrial use, which I, I like something with a supply demand curve. It right. doesn't, it's not a central bank. Um, so, yeah, I, I prefer the, um, you know, the silver for the industrial use. Okay. So, you're saying they both peak at peak interest rates. So, they both start to rally from here oh, uh, right. as, as interest rates peak. So, oh. right. yes, it's a bond yield play. Yes, mm. both right. yeah. So, basically, how it works is you make more profits. On, on miners and on silver in the good times, right. but you have heavier losses in the other times. So right. it depends a little bit on, on how much of a trader you are. Yeah. Um, I'm not trading, I'm just having a hold and buy. But on your theory, you'd be buying gold miners now, wouldn't you? If yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Gold. Look, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a gold bug because if the, uh, <coughs> if it's a, it's a bit of a belief system, the store of value trade. Um, the US dollar's been king for a very long time, and it's probably about to uh, not be so. You know, not be so. But um, been a lot of central mm. bank buying in gold for the last couple of years. Um, oh. Yeah, but I, I, as I said, and getting out of US dollars, are they? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent on on that particular. See, I, ju I just just the the US figures are mind-boggling. What that you know, government debt, budget deficits. You go, how much? And they got downgraded, I know, but the most, second the, time the, in the history. Mo the, the, most, the most accurate description I always hear is they are the cleanest shirt in the, at the laundry. So while the numbers look terrible, don't look at the rest. Yeah? Right. And it's always a relative game. Right? Right. And at the end of the day, I know that China and Russia have ambitions, but at the end of the day, the US is still the world's number one dominating right. army and economy. And yep. currency and central bank. Mm. Yeah, that's all you need to know. And, so, te and technology, innovation as well. Oh, so, right. Yeah, yeah. And, but uh, just thirty-four trillion in government debt and a, budge, a budget deficit in the trillions bottling. as well. And you think, how are they ever going to Don't, don't that? look at Italy. Don't look at Belgium. Yeah. Don't look oh, at the UK. Well, yeah, yeah, don't look at France. <laughs> Shows you how <laughs> we stack up pretty well, though, don't we? Yes. All right. Yeah, because everything's in the personal. In it's personal debt, we, we're the reverse. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, um, Tenzin now wants a view on Chalice Mining, Mark. Same, same area, but Western Australia rather than in, in Africa. Um, not just gold, has a bit of um, uh, copper, cobalt, nickel as well. Yeah, the PGE elements. Um, 
This is a long way off going into production. And from I've heard a few estimates around the $3 billion mark for getting it into production by the end of the decade. So um, okay. in terms of, you know, the Lasson curve of, you know, is probably in that orphan phase where basically they're going to be coming to you cap in hand asking for more money. You know, they right. found, found it's you should usually play, you know, you buy pre-discovery, you sell on the discovery and then wait till they start to go into about a year before they start to go into production. Um, it's a great resource. It's the second largest undeveloped nickel sulphide resource in Australia. Um, but it's going to be a long, long wait until you start to get those first shipments. Um, right. And, you know, nickel's been, uh, Wailu and BHP and Rio have all been, you know, fighting over it. So there's every chance that one of those maybe, you know, if it gets cheap enough that they mm. might they might pick it up. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't think I'd Wrong need to... Wrong time of the cycle. I don't, I don't have six years to wait. See, that Lasson cycle that Mark's talking about is... is as you gave a bit of a snapshot. You, yeah. They do nothing, explore, 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 uh, find something, Spy. share price goes through the roof, terrific, um, and then it comes and down. And then investors get frustrated out. Basically. Because it takes so long to bring mm. a mine on so, the stream, if you can get it right, and there are so many hazards. Yeah. And then you're waiting still until it starts producing and earning money, and then you might come yeah. back at it in again then yeah basically look if you try to be tricky that's you know that'd be a great way to play it um yeah, yeah if the viewers just want to google it basically and have a look at it if you overlay that that chart over most mining you yeah. know they're pretty they're pretty reliable yeah yeah that's because to to very simple guys like myself you go like well what's it worth if it's still in the ground and there's no prospect of getting it out of the ground right? yeah mm. and then what you're left with is essentially market sentiment and yeah and the herd decides. Right? Yeah. And a bunch of cap raises. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so the market's right. These guys are nowhere near production. They're going to raise a lot of capital in the process. The only reason, and I'm not, a, I'm not your typical uh, speculator in mining stock, but the only reason I think why you, why you would own this stock is because there is a general um, assessment that their, their, their assets are actually really, really high quality. Yeah. yeah. And that some at some point, someone will come along and says, I'll have it. Right. Because these guys can never develop this. They don't have the money. They probably have to raise way yeah. too much capital. Mm, right. So at the very least, they need someone to farm in right. expensive for it. Yeah. That basically yeah. means someone else pays for it. And probably like what happened with, with Rio Tinto and Oyo Dolgoy in Mongolia, maybe that's the first step and then just take the whole thing over. Right. I mean, or yeah, maybe they okay. just skip the first step and, it is quite and just high, buy the company. It is quite high margin with those PGE because it's yeah. all there's loads of byproducts. Like they might be mining nickel and then there's copper. It's like it's yeah. so they do instead of the byproduct just being waste, it is actually the byproducts okay. used. I'd be surprised if these guys are still listed by the time that those assets come into okay. production. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So George wants to know is degray mining in exactly the same position? Um, no, um, they are seen as a very high quality domestic gold yep. producer. Um, and again, on that principle, um, I'm not so sure whether, whether gold is looking forward to, a, to, a, to a, a new raging bull market, uh, but there are quite some people out there who believe gold's time is, is coming. Um, well, Mark's one of them. For example, man, I mean, I have five. <laughs> hmm? I mean, I have some gold exposure. Don't come well, back but, to haunt you now. But, no, no, store of value trade. Give me the gold. But, but if if gold's time will come, then the the share price for the grey will be will go a lot higher, yeah, right? right? Because you get the double uh, benefits there. 
If not, at the very least, it, it represents less, less risk than, than a Perseus in Africa. Because right? so they're saying uh, they're going to develop a large-scale near-surface gold discovery. So open cut by the look of it, yeah. 10 million ounces. So for that reason, uh, people are obviously very excited about the grains. Right. It's regarded one. Of, it's in the. It's put in the in the quality basket, right. with lesser risk because it's operating not right. in Africa. Would you be investing in it? Uh, well, as I said, I buy gold, not the producers. Right. But um, I mean, if if you take a longer term view, you could definitely, maybe because the share price has already moved, uh, you buy them on weakness. Yep. Okay. Yeah, um, Gold Road actually owns <coughs> about twenty percent of this company, so no. it's probably that. I would say that'd be the safer way to play yep. degrade, particularly at these prices. Um, and I, you know, it's in a tier one mining region, um, so and you know they'll ramp up production twenty twenty five. But so I think with Gold Road obviously producing, um, I I would just play play it safe mm. and own those guys instead. Um, yep. But yeah, it look it looks it looks fairly promising, um, and you know, pretty much what Reddy said. If gold price goes up, these will probably go with it. But you can, with someone who's producing now with with, uh, with Gold Road, you you know, you has quite a following to grow. Though, it does have a, it does have quite a, a following because of the um, because it is a high grade resource. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Gold Road being on the on the books as a shareholder mm. gives. A it, lot of more yeah credibility, credibility. They credibility. can get a mine up and go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I'd just be happy to play the safe option. Just do gold road. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rudy is a buy on weakness on there. Um, and our final stop, we're going back to um, uh, to property again. Growth Point Properties. Gin wants a view on this, Mark. Um, this has got, unlike straight industrial, this is office industrial. Bit of retail in there as well. Yeah, I would uh, probably this would be a sell for me, and then go for right. go into the into the pure plays, the people that do it well. If you wanted to, I, I, you don't. I don't think you want office, but if you, you know, if you really feel the need, probably Dexas is a better option. Um, I would have thought just with the with the um, premium buildings they've got, they're they're, yeah. le- they're less likely. I think they still maintain an insane amount of um, vacancy even over COVID periods because. Um, and there, you know, there's great buildings like Chifley Tower and things like that. Yeah. Um, and just go the pure play industry right. with either, um, you know, Goodman or CIP. I, I don't. One, one's going to be dragging. You know, one's going to be dragging it up. I think the retail and the office. I mean, we and, and particularly in the US, we've seen a, you know a few funds actually structurally default on office towers mm-hmm. where they're just handing back the you know the keys to the building basically. Um, the debt works in a, in a slightly or a very different way over there, but, right. um, but but basically, once it goes past the securitized value of the uh, below the securitized value of the building, you know they just default on it. So, and if that that if that starts to spread or it gets in the newspapers and the sentiment goes poor, anything with office in it's going to go. And I, I still I still think there's. Um, Obviously, WeWork's done um, very poorly recently. Administration now. Yeah, so yeah. I, it's. I think that's a bit of a canary in the mine shaft. So I'd be getting out of this. And, you know, the, the dividends eight percent, but I think that's a trap okay. overall. I think you probably want to be in the safer industrial and um, five-year low share price on that five-year chart. Yeah, so but it, it looks really doesn't. Ugly. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll really be the five. Uh, that won't no. be the five-year low by the end of the year. So yeah. look at my opinion. Horrible. But, um, I, and I, we work. There's a, yes. What, what, 
Walter Baschke. What, what streaming channel is that series on on WeWork on? Ah, it's, uh, if, if you're interested. Is, is it the Netflix one? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Just a fantastic series on yeah, how they brought that to market. And I haven't oh seen God. it, but it must be, yeah. But, oh, yeah, but I think that the, the message here is if, if they do go bankrupt, a lot of landlords will be in the pickles. Yes. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. the long and the short of it. Yeah. Um, on top of what Mark said, I think there's two things to point out, and a lot of investors always have problems with that. If a stock on the stock on, on the ASX offers you 8% yield, that's the market talking to you. That's not a free lunch, that's risk. Yeah. yeah? The reason why REITs we, we, we spoke about earlier only offering you 7%, which is already a lot. Yeah? Yeah. That 7% is the market basically saying, we don't know how much of a, of a devaluation is going to happen. If the same stock in the sector offers you 8%, that means higher risk. Yeah? Yeah. So more yeah. risk for disappointments, for white towns, for you name it. The other element I'd like to point out is when, when times get tough, there's a reason why investors go for, for, for quality and for size. Yeah? Like the reason why I prefer Goodman Group above Centuria Industria is because a larger size has less risk. Yeah? Yeah. In this, in this uh, particular case, I think that they're, they're simply not large enough. They're right. too small, and then that means elevated risk. Yep, yep. So you, you, you cut back on your you risk. You do a sell on that as you well. You cut back on your risks, yes. Yep. yes. Okay. I wouldn't stay. 8% okay. yield, would, for me, is alarm bells ringing. So, well, see, a lot of people go, oh, 8%, what a great dividend payer. These guys must be making cash hand yes. over fist. But yes. it's, it, it's a uh, percentage against a share price that is at a five-year low at the moment. So it's, the also, it's, also, it, it's horrible. It's not 100%... But it wasn't that long ago that people thought that about bonds issued by Virgin Airlines. Yeah. And then the bonds worth nothing. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then they all went like, who, who would know? Yeah. And you go, well, that's why you got the yield. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. All right, let's recap the, uh, the final half hour, the final five stocks. Not uh, the boys weren't too excited about virtually anything. Pex are a no from both. Perseus a no from both. Chalice a no from both. Uh, De Grey, a buy on weakness uh, from Rudy. Um, I know from Mark, he prefers their major shareholder, uh, Gold Road, uh, and Growth Point, a sell from both. Rudy Philippe Van Dyke, good to see you, mate. Uh, bring on the rest of the reporting season. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Gardner from NPC Markets, good to see you, mate. Back to the Back to the uh, the mines where there is so much information coming out at the moment. So many listed companies updated. It is getting into the peak of earnings season. Of course, you you hear about it and see it first on Ausbiz. So you've got to stay tuned throughout the day. Uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panels here on the call, uh, go to ausbiz.co forward slash call picks and list them out or tweet us using the at TV handle. As I said, a lot happening at the moment. Don't go away. The Pulse is next with more coverage of the market updates. <laughs>